see he wasn't the one who started Before the whole motherfucking world went retarded They say you can't say that I don't give a fuck They out the minds and they fat as fuck yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going But I'm not gonna slow down just yet Dancing alone in the rain and I'm not wet Cause you can't see me with that mask on your face, bitch Hey, Imagination Rabbit Podcast. What the hell? Um, sorry, I haven't done one forever. I was real, really, really busy. And then I got sick. Just a cold, just a flu. I didn't get COVID! Because, you know, you can't say that word, like, normally. Because of all the fear, anxiety, um, mental illness, uh, all the shit that comes around with it. But I was kind of disappointed that I didn't have... COVID! Because I'm um, going on vacation in three days for a month, going to Iceland and then to Italy, a couple different places in Italy. And the whole trip is green. So Iceland's green, means you don't have to fucking do anything. You don't have to swab your fucking frontal lobe or um, drive a car into your bottom or do whatever the fuck, you know, they were doing for a long time to um go on a plane or whatever so iceland's green italy's green from iceland but then motherfucker america gotta come back to america at least one more time um it's yellow so uh to come back here you have to take a stupid fucking test um to see if you have covid and i just went because i was like oh when i was sick maybe i had covid and then um because you can get an immunity test like a blood test and then if you're positive for um, COVID, then um, you don't have to take a test. So I took the immunity test, but it was negative. So I was sick, but I didn't even have COVID. So um, every time I fucking start recording, my cat's like, I can't. I just can't be in here. Let me out of here now. I just can't take it. Little bastard. Let me let him out. So, uh, yeah, that's the reason I haven't done podcasts for a long time. There's more than one question because uh, the podcast gets like one question a month. So uh, I'll go ahead and start answering those. Uh, if I can keep track of which questions I have answered and have not. I'm not good at that. I said I did something on 319. What the fuck? Um, did I answer these? No. Okay. I don't know. If I if I already answered these, I'm sorry. Um, One Car Pony says, have you heard of this lean shit? What the hell is wrong with these damn kids? So I had it and I looked it up, but I guess it's the same as like Sizzirup, um, Purple Drank, all that shit. Which, you know, I learned recently. Uh, you ever see the movie Tombstone? It's like a Western with Kurt Russell and uh, Val Kilmer, Doc Holliday. And Kurt Russell's wife in it is addicted to laudanum. And that's the first time I heard of it in that movie. You know, it was like way back when in the motherfucking American cowboy days. And she was on that shit. 
And then I looked it up and it was like, oh, it was alcohol and sometimes, most of the time, opium, opium, but sometimes codeine, which I think is lean. So something like lean or scissor or purple drink, it's like nothing new, you know? People just want to, like reality isn't good enough for them or they're trying to escape shit. So it's like, you know, if you're just like sitting, most people are bored. But then if you're like sitting on lean or syrup or fucking whatever, trank, whatever fucking people are doing, then you're like, whoa, it's like you're on an amusement park ride, just like doing nothing. So, yeah, people are just bored. You know, they go to like and since everything's shittier now, I know I know I'm, I'm not like maybe I'm just an old man, like complaining how everything sucks. But um, I think like music, like um, it definitely has gotten way more retarded and like dumber, like just straight retarded. And it's not just um, me using hate speech to describe it. I saw some articles a couple years ago where they did these big data and um, analyzations where they looked at the complexity of pop music over the last like 50 years both musically and lyrically and it has it has gotten simpler and simpler and more repetitive and repetitive a and or dumber retarded in my caveman man speak um so yeah it's like you know you used to be able to go to a concert and like the musicians were like they were actual musicians they weren't just fucking um doing auto-tune melodyne robot voice with fucking backing tracks you know playback like no live musicians and they're like, but yeah, but so-and-so, they have a drummer. He plays V-drums. Get the fuck out of here. There's no real bands anymore. It's, you know, there's nothing, like, compared to, like, seeing a live symphony playing classical music or something. It all fucking sucks. DJs with the laptop dancing next to it. And what, a guy pay- playing a fucking e-sax? Get the fuck out of here. So, yeah, so music sucks. So, in the past, you used to be able to go to a concert, and they're actual musicians, and it was cool. So, you didn't even have to be high or anything. Or on uh, laudanum, syrup, fucking purple drank lean. You would just be like, whoa, this is awesome. This music's great. But now, since all the music sucks and is super fucking retarded, you need to be on like seven different drugs just so you don't fall asleep. Um, so that's my theory on that. Um, Joel says, can you elaborate on the new work for us and picture project threads? Okay, so Joel, my dude Joel is referring to uh, the Imagination Rabbit Discord. I made a couple new threads that are not populated with anything. Um, The new work for us is, so Imagination Rabbit is now uh, a subcontractor. I don't know how to even say it technically. I have to go look at the paperwork. But we got, um, we didn't get purchased. What is it called? Um, We're like under another company now. And the other company has money. So, uh, like, you know, I do a lot. Like, I've been doing a lot of shit for a lot of years. And I've done a lot of repetitive fucking mind-numbing stuff. I'll still do it if I have to. Um, But I'd like to, like, hire people to do that stuff now. And not just, like, mind-numbing dumb shit, but stuff I can't do, like, drawn art and things like that. So it's just one of them is just going to be for freelancers. So if you want to do freelance gigs, like, informally... I just hired my dude, one of the people in the Discord tonight, to do some stuff for a new Nightmare Puppeteer update. But it would be like um, formal things. So if I needed, um, if there's too much work, 
for me just to randomly ask one or two people. I could post it in there, and I don't know who you are. Maybe you'd want to do it. I don't know. But they'd be paying gigs. And then the other one, Picture Projects, is something probably we'll start doing next year. And uh, the other company wants to produce uh, people, projects, things like that. So the Picture Projects would be you have a project you want to do, but you need some motherfucking money, man, to do that shit. Um, so you would pitch it to see if that other company that I'm working with would want to produce it and fund it. Um, one car pony also says, uh, are you working on a hella sick documentary about Hollywood being a dream breaking dog shit factory? Mm, no. Cause like, I think probably there are some like not documentaries, but, uh, uh, fictional films that are good about that. Like one of them is maps to the stars. I think it was by David Cronenberg, Mr. Sci-fi weirdo video drone the brood if you haven't seen the brood by david cronenberg definitely watch that one that's some freaky peak 1970s uh psycho fucking cinema it's cool i mean videodrome too but actually i liked um the brood better than videodrome but no i'm not working on any documentaries i'm talking to this dude uh this journalist who has an idea for a documentary that the that company might be producing um i'm throwing my two cents in i have to meet with him and the camera guy sometime when i come back from vacation but no no um i mean all you have to do is look at the lives of most of the people that go through hollywood and you can kind of see that it is a dream breaking dog shit factory i like what happens to most of those people um let's see joel says and this is from like yeah this is actually these are questions from a month ago uh what are the lessons learned on the current unity debacle so what he's referring to is that nightmare puppeteer is our game that makes animations that we're currently developing which you can buy on steam for a motherfucking dollar which by the way some uh some popular twitch streamer youtube person buying sauce uh played it last week so we got some new people on nightmare puppeteer which is kind of cool and that also is just fun for me to look at the comments on those videos because the people were so dumbfounded. Just like, what is the, uh, what, how did you do, what, uh? And lots of them were disturbed and stuff like that. And to me, it's just funny because, uh, you know, it's it's like play to me. This It's just art. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't take it that seriously that, like, freaks me out or anything. They're just puppets. They're just humanoids. They're just arms and legs and eyeballs and heads and words and movement. And I don't know. But um, da, 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 the unity debacle he was talking about is that uh, I was working on Nightmare Puppeteer. And I do use source control for it. I use source tree. And I went to someone had asked me about a feature I had disabled. And then I was like, you know what? I don't know why I disabled that. Sure, I'll go enable it. And then I enabled it and it like broke a bunch of shit in the code. And then uh, I tried to roll back using a backup. First, I tried to roll back, yeah, using source control. And it, it pretty much got everything back, but some stuff was missing. So then um, I was like, oh, let me go use my backup backup. Like I use this software that like copies all the files from one drive to another. 
And then that was totally fucked. And then it was April Fool's Day. So then I went on the little Discord and I was like, it's over. Nightmare Puppeteer's dead. It's fucked. I can't fix it. Bye. And so that was the debacle. But then um, I was actually able to fix it. So what did I learn? So I learned that source control can't fix everything. And my file backups uh, strategy needs to change. So my friend Brad reminded me to not just try to copy a project folder as is. First, you need to zip it or seven zip it and then copy that. So what I learned is that you need to use source control and you need to periodically zip your uh, project folder put it on a different drive and or um, I just upgraded my Dropbox to like the three terabyte professional one, whatever. So then I'm copying zip files of my big projects onto there. So if all my shit burns down, it's uh, backed up on there too. But uh, so what I learned was just um, I need better backup strategies. Um, do, do, do. Scar Muse says, we only want to know what is happening. Are you going to make MDAL 2? So M-Doll is the last animated feature film Imagination Rabbit put out. You can see it at mdollmovie.com. It has like five soundtracks and there's it's an inter the world's first interactive film, by the way. So you can watch it as an executable. Um, you can get on itch.io and then pause the movie, jump into the movie, explore the scenes, commentary in there, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, so the second film in the Doll trilogy, which will be called The Way to Nowhere, or Do You Know The Way to Nowhere, uh, I storyboarded it, I made all the characters, I got all the main shit, I got all the props, I just need to build the sets and then start production. So yeah, I'm pretty, since I'm going on vacation, I know it's going to make me like stir crazy and I'll really want to work on something major when I come back. So I'll probably, I'll start on it. I'll come back at the beginning of June. It'll probably take me like two weeks to build the sets for the movie. So I'll probably start, quote, shooting it um, in the middle of June. So yeah, I got some different ideas about it too in the last couple weeks. And yeah. Uh, Scar Muse also says, any concentration tips for working on big projects? How do you deal with burnout? How do you deal with hating your project? So, um, yeah, that's always going to be tough. I'm, uh, I've burned out a lot of times. I think like when I work at my worst, probably, well, yeah, when I say worst, it was like burnout type. I would literally like wake up, get out of bed, walk over to the computer, fucking work on the computer and then when I'd go to, I'd just be on the computer all day and then literally just like walk away from the computer, go in the bed, go to sleep, wake up, back on the computer, like no breaks. So that's really bad. I did that for a long time though. Um, so now I break the time up. So I get up, I don't go on the computer, I go do my life stuff. Um, I work out, I go play basketball, I think for a little bit, you know, then I come back and get on the computer and then what I try to do now, because what I used to do is like I would work until I literally pass out. But now I, I stop working like at least two hours before I go to sleep just to get some kind of break or else it just gets monotonous and you go fucking crazy. So concentration tips, I would say um, get rid of your phone, put your phone away, 
turn off all the notifications on the computer you're working on. Turn off like on my Discord. That's like the only thing I use to talk to people really. I have all the notifications turned off so it doesn't make any sounds. Fucking icons don't jump. I have nothing on my computer that gets my attention. And, you know, I don't have a phone at all. So then I only look at stuff like messages when I want to. They're not like trying to grab my attention. So, yeah, you want to cut out all the distractions best you can. How do you deal with burnout? Make sure you're doing something during the day that's not your work. So going for a walk, working out, playing a sport, um, hanging out with your friends, talking, just something to break up just you thinking about your project and the problems in your project all day. Um, how do you deal with hating your project? Mm, ship it, like finish it. Like if you if you really hate, well, there's two things. If you're close to being done with it, if you're like 80% and you hate it, just fucking finish it. Just like do whatever you have to do to say it's done and move on. If you're just starting it or in the middle of it, um, change something. So, you know, the way I look at my projects now, it's like I'm doing them for fun. So like if it's not fun, I go, well, why am I doing it? So then I change things. So, uh, yeah, that's my tips for that. Um, do, do, do man key says how important is physical fitness for being an artist to fuel energy levels, art, motivation, etc." <clears throat> so I think physical fitness is important for everybody, every human, no matter what you do. And I say that as I got my degree in kinesiology with a minor in nutrition, but, uh, yeah, I mean, good fitness and nutrition will give you a stable base, energy base for anything you're going to do. Um, the thing that it, I mean, the fitness, the thing it really helps with, with uh, being an artist or like a computer person like I am, you know, I'm on a fucking mouse and a keyboard for like 10 hours every day, like seven days a week for fucking like 20 years. And thankfully, I don't have any carpal tunnel or any of that shit. Any, I don't have any back problems and no neck problems. And I think it's thanks to um, working out every day, using kettlebells, doing pull-ups, playing basketball. So I think it's very important. And I think, um, you know, people think they can only be one thing or two things. It's like, I'm an artist, so I can't work out. I can't get jacked because I'm an artist. It doesn't match. You can't be a jacked artist. Like, yeah, yeah you can do whatever you want. And... um. I remember a big influence on me when I lived in Santa Monica, California in my 20s. There was this little donut shop that was, um, where were they? Were they Cantonese? No, they were Vietnamese. Yeah, it was owned by these Vietnamese people, 24-hour donut shop. And at night, I get bored and I walk over there. And there was this group about five or six um, dudes, probably in their 40s, 40s to 60s. And they called their meeting the meeting of the minds. And it was like, this Greek philosopher dude, this Polish mathematician, this other dude who was a musician, and they just hung out there and talked. And so I thought that was cool. So I'd go just like kind of hang out and listen to him and talk to him. And I remember the Greek guy, he was writing a book telling, he was telling me about the original Olympians that we just focus on the Olympians now for physical uh, feats, for their physicality. But I never looked it up after that. I just listened to this dude in this donut shop. Um, but he said the original Olympians 
and the Olympiads or those trials, like it wasn't just about your physical prowess. It was about your intellectual as well. So you had to be smart. You had to be strong, fast. You had to, you know, so that's always what I've strived for is, is to be a balanced person. So physically, I'm like fit and healthy and strong. And then creatively, I'm healthy and strong and fit and like mentally, you know, all this stuff. So, yeah, I think it's important for everybody, um, especially if you want to be in it for the long haul and not burn out and get your fucking vertebrae fused to each other. Because that happens to people that do animation or sit on a computer all the time. Um, Casey Tatum says, what are your thoughts on AI, especially DALI, GPT-3, and other ventures that are becoming more developed and reported on as a threat to artists? So I agree that they are a threat to artists, but they're a threat to mediocre artists that don't have any ideas. Because if you know how a lot of those systems work, the neural networks or fucking whatever... You just feed them a shitload of source material. You, you have to train them. So if you want it to paint, you like feed it every painter's every live, like every painting ever. And then it just like, you know, makes new ones based on what you taught it. So if you're just like a derivative artist, if you're if you really can't like fucking think outside the box or exist outside the box, then, yeah, those A.I., those algorithms are just going to fucking eat your lunch or eat you alive they're just gonna wreck you so i don't feel threatened by them at all i'm excited by them because i want to use them as tools like assistance to help me with my work like um i was just looking at uh, a couple c sharp wrappers for gpt3 so i can use it probably integrate in a nightmare puppeteer or something but um yeah i think they're interesting i'm not one of those people that's like Look at this image and AI made it. Oh, wow. I'm just like, yeah, it sucks. It's boring. Like, I don't care if an AI made it or some hot chick made it or your dad made it or a one-year-old baby made it. Like, I don't care. The image sucks. It's boring. It's derivative. But there's a big trend, especially amongst, like, fucking tech whore people, tech bros. Um, who are the people that want to become fucking machines? Ray Kurzweil, Age of Spiritual Machines. What's that shit called? Singularity. Yeah, the singularity people are, oh, AI, oh, which is funny because there's actually a place here in Palo Alto. I think it's run by it's like some tech billionaire guy where they're actually trying to make an AI god. And it's just hilarious because they're all atheists. So they're all people that don't believe in God and like make fun of God and like, oh, Sky Daddy, you believe in this ridiculous. We have science. And then like they want to make a God. Like, what are you doing, bruh? So, um, yeah, so I think it's, if you look on, um, YouTube, uh, there's this dude named George Gilder. Look about, look up his talk on AI, or it's like, if you search George Gilder blockchain, cause he's talking about, he thinks the blockchain's like a big, um, going to be a big thing. And he talks about how AI and all this other shit is overhyped. Yeah. Look that up. But Casey Tatum says, more specific do you see this as a threat to creativity do you think it'll be possible to integrate these things in a creative or fulfilling, fulfilling way in a film music or art in general yeah i think integrate is a key word not like i think it would be stupid and if people are already doing it they're like look here's a film a short film made by an ai and it's just dumb and boring and retarded 
Um, but as an assistant, yeah. It's just like, um, give me, I need a thousand anime styled fucking robot pictures for backgrounds in these sets. Like something like that. It's like perfect. Um, here's the basis of this dialogue that I want. Like, like right now I'm having my friend create these Mad Lib, uh, templates for Nightmare Puppeteer's new Mad Lib system. So if I could just um, fucking use the GPT-3 like API or whatever and just feed it a bunch of Mad Libs and say, you know, give me a thou or, you know, do it at fucking runtime. Just say, give me a new one and everything. That would be cool. So, yeah, I think it's a, a, a threat to mediocre creativity, to mediocre artists, to people with no ideas. Unfortunately, that's most people. So I've always known. That's why I never became a tech whore. That's why I've never worshipped the tools. I wasn't like, oh, 4K, 8K, look at my, oh. So I had a shitty PC for years. I was using a PC from 2013 until last year. Because I'm just like not about the tools. It's about the ideas. It's about you. It's about your creativity, your passion, your imagination. Imagination rabbit, motherfucker. So yeah, I'm not threatened by that shit. Um, Casey Tatum also says, you mentioned an episode that society's in a dark age. I'm drinking orange juice, by the way. If you think I'm liquored up, it's not true. You emphasize that truth will have its day over bullshit. Can you elaborate on that sometime? Without putting words into your mouth, are you referring to woke culture, advertising, and things like that? You mentioned technology is helping that transition. Could you elaborate? Um, so... Like, I just kind of felt that. It was a couple different things that happened. It was actually right when um, Russia attacked Ukraine. It felt like... It felt like just a big moment. Like, a choice was made. A decision was made. And because of that decision, the world is now going in a different direction. And that direction... If you follow the people on the screen, just like, oh, my God, no, not this. Um, you know, my um, attitudes about the people on the screens. And it's similar, like, you know, I'm way into like blockchain tech, Web3 shit, decentralized, permissionless, fucking free speech, free everything. Not free everything, not free love. I mean, um, freedom. So, um yeah, it just kind of felt like a culmination of things. And like the world was was being pushed into a certain direction that for me was not good, you know, locking everything down, taking away everyone's freedom of speech, freedom of movement. Um, I guess that would be like woke culture, you know, you say the wrong thing and like we saw in Canada, they fucking freeze your bank accounts, take your job away, fucking do all this crazy shit. And uh, yeah, I just felt like a decision was made like the last, I mean, pretty much my whole life. Um, what I've seen from the world, the Western world, America, especially from where I live, is just like a fucking curtain of lies, like a mountain of lies, lies on lies on lies until it became this giant fucking shadow beast golem of lies. Right. And then I just felt with that moment uh, that I referred to, is that that fucking shadow beast got stabbed and then now it's going to fall apart 
and all of its other pieces are going to fall apart too. All this centralized bullshit, all the fucking globalization that fucked everything up, all the evil shit and just degenerate, fucking horrible, dark, selfish, nasty stuff that's become normal and celebrated is uh, just going to fall away and wither away and die. Um, Like, I feel like the light is coming like slowly and if you don't want to be in the light you're just going to get toasted bitch so um yeah that's what it felt like so um yeah it's kind of like you know as soon as satoshi nakamoto released bitcoin like that was like doom like a big thing right it kind of it changed the world and changed where the world can go and people can go and then maybe like when Vitalik Buterin um, came up with Ethereum, boom, like something happened, right? And then, yeah, just when, when Russia invaded Ukraine, it just felt like a shift had started. And that's why I wrote that thing. I just felt it. Like I felt like a weight from me was lifted. And it's not anything I did, but it was just like, oh, like, yeah, kind of like a shadow thing had been killed and now it's just inevitable that the world's going to change for the better um Mankey says is a last question you mentioned before not to ask any direct food questions this is on the discord server you get banned you talk about food because i had a discord server um before that i ended up deleting because there are a bunch of americans in there just talking about food like on a voice chat and i was just like what the fuck um yeah, I'm not the normal American. I don't want to talk about the boring shit that most people talk about here. So I'll just delete it, man. Um, You also said that you eat the same thing every day. Pack ramen. I said that. I must have said that like 15 years ago or maybe in an old book because I don't do that anymore. How does someone who has traveled the world have such a lack of interest in cuisine? So I'm not like a quote foodie, like I don't really fucking care about food. Like I like eating good food, but I'm not one of those people who's food driven. I'm really just work driven. Um, Like, yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to, when we're going to Iceland, we're going to all these fucking super nice restaurants, Michelin restaurants or whatever. My wife's all into that. And then we go to uh, Firenze, right? Florence, we're going to have Florentine steak and all this fancy shit in Italy. So I'm not just like, I guess what I'm about, like when I'm working, I'll do the same thing every day. Like right now I wake up, have a big thing of water with some lemon in it. And then I just have a single fucking rice cake, but it's not even rice. It's quinoa with almond butter on it and a coffee. And all I've been doing that for like five, six months before that. What the fuck was I doing? Eggs before for like six months before that. I did oatmeal for like five years. Um, so I'm just really, it's just about taking the thought out of your everyday life for like stuff that doesn't really matter so that you can put your time and energy and focus into what matters. So for me, it's my work. So I, I'm not like, what am I going to, you know, cook up for myself today? A blah, 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 blah with the blah, blah, blah. I don't know. And like, I don't want to take all this time to make food. So, but I don't eat pack ramen. I haven't eaten pack ramen for yeah, probably like 10 years or something. Uh, I only eat good ramen. I eat lots of ramen when I'm in Japan. Can't wait to go back to Japan, by the way. Um, so yeah, I eat good food. 
I eat all like healthy organic shit and I eat really clean. I don't eat any sugar um, purposely, which is funny when you tell Americans you don't eat sugar. Like when I went to my dentist and they're like, oh, your teeth are looking good, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did this and that. And I, I don't eat sugar anymore. And they're like, oh, you don't have to go that far. You can have a little bit. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want it. I'm just like all in. No, I mean, no sugar. Uh. It was like, you know. You see how how much food and sugar means to people. Like they get so much pleasure out of it. Um, and I appreciate good food. Like I want to eat good food when I want to eat. But yeah, I'm not food driven. Um, yeah, I'm idea driven and I'm work driven. Like it's Saturday today, and I worked from six p.m. to two a.m. just programming a nightmare puppeteer. And what did I eat? Oh, I got a like a kebab, a don donor kebab wrap with lamb and chicken. Pretty good, man. It's some dolma. Um, so yeah, I don't eat the same thing every day. I would not eat pack ramen. That was probably like, yeah, like I said, fifteen years ago or ten years ago when I was broke. No, I that wouldn't even be ten years ago. That'd be like, yeah, I've been like fifteen. That must have been some old thing that you saw or read, Mankey. I don't even know what that would have been. But uh, yeah, so sorry for um, not doing a podcast for so long, but you know, Imagination Rabbit at its core is just one person and I do a lot of shit and then I got sick, which fucking took me out of commission for two weeks and I was disappointed that it wasn't even COVID. So I still have to take a stupid fucking test to come back to America, but hopefully I won't have to come back to America too many times after this, uh, yeah, so, um, this has been Imagination Rabbum Podcastum, what else do I have to say, uh, yeah, Nightmare Puppeteer, bunch of updates, gonna start on the new movie, gonna come back from vacation, I won't be doing any podcasts, uh, unless I get bored on vacation, so expect another month, um, wait for that, I thought of some other stories, oh, I'll leave you with one more, I'll leave you with the story, because a couple people said they liked the story I told them about the guy covered in shit down the street from me, um, so, like, uh, yeah, like, I was talking about the, the Nightmare Puppeteer videos that that streamer did, that YouTube guy did, and how the all the comments were like dumbfounded, like this is so disturbing, this is nightmarish, I give me nightmares. And for me, like this nightmare puppeteer stuff is funny. It's not scary to me at all. It's just like funny. Um, but then I was like, well, you know what? I had a really trist twisted childhood. So um like my my um my bar for being disturbing is like very high and so one just little story it's this isn't even that disturbing compared to other shit that happened when i was a kid but uh i was way into baseball when i was like 10 no yeah 10 10 to 16 and so i must have been like 11 or 12 and we go play baseball at this park all like pretty much every day i was just playing baseball all the time even by myself, I just fucking throw the ball up and hit it, then go get it, fucking hit it again, go back and forth. But, um, yeah, we're playing baseball at this park, 
And then this this dude comes like a man, you know, probably like 25, and he had like a white hat and a mustache, and he had a dog with him, right? And then so he just like kind of was walking through the park, and then he stopped behind the backstop. And the backstop, like you 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 bat, like you hold the bat, you know, to hit the ball in front of the backstop. And he was behind it. And I was pitching to the dude, to my friend. And this guy comes with his dog. And then he goes behind the backstop. And then he kind of like kneels down next to the dog. And he's like petting the dog and like looking at us. I'm just like, okay, whatever, we're playing baseball. And then this other guy came that I knew, this guy Steve. And then he was talking to the guy with the mustache. And I guess it was his older brother, right? And he was kind of yelling at him. They were Portuguese. So they're speaking in Portuguese, so I don't know what they're saying. And then we were talking to Steve, and then he runs off and like plays basketball at the basketball court. And we're playing, throwing the ball, and the guy's like petting the dog a bunch, like putting rubbing his hand over the dog's back, you know? And then I'm watching the dude, and then the dude like goes into his pocket and he pulls out this fucking pink thing. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? What is that? And so he pulls out a piece of baloney, right? And then, you know, in your head, you're like, I was like, oh, oh, I guess he's going to feed the dog bologna or whatever, right? And then he just, like, keeps petting the dog with the other hand. He just keeps petting the dog, like, like more profusely, like, faster, right? And then he fucking gets the bologna with his other hand and starts jerking the dog off, right? Like, right there, it was like a Saturday in a park. There's cars driving by. There's us kids playing baseball. And he's like, oh, and he's like making sounds. The guy's like, oh, oh, like petting the dog with one hand and then like stroking the dog with the baloney with the other one. And then his brother, Steve, like heard like, ah, blah, 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 like saw him from the basketball courts and started like yelling at him. And he was like, oh, and like, I guess, you know, he was whatever, was trying to finish off the dog. <laughs> and then, um, and then he like fucking kind of freaks out. The brother comes over, starts yelling at him. He lets the dog go. And then the dog fucking just runs and starts trying to bite my friend who who um was batting. It's like fucking biting his legs and he starts running. Ah. And then the dog runs at me and I'm like, you know, like what? And like trying like kicking at it sort of. And it fucking bites my calf. That's like one of the few times I've been bit by a dog. And then the Steve guy is just like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And he goes and gets the dog and then goes with his brother. And then they both like walk away leaving while like yelling in Portuguese. So that was like not even weird. That weird um, for my childhood. So, um, yeah, that's just a little story I'll leave you with um, before I go. If you wonder how someone can grow up like me. To be a grown man who's so fucking weird, who's so uh, what's that song that I play in the intro of my song, Strange Toshinaka Manly? I'm like um crazy as fuck, but kind of chill. Yeah, like that's what happens, you know? If you go through a bunch of weird ass stuff, like twisted stuff, and it doesn't like break your mind, you don't become too mentally ill that you can't function. And then maybe you can even like like you know, it's a coping mechanism to laugh at stuff sometimes that you shouldn't laugh at. But shit like that, I just laugh at it now. I try to find the comedy in it. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. There's some other weird stories around that guy, same guy's family. Um, when I was a little older, 
I don't know if I told I I didn't tell the story in the podcast, but it's in my book. Um, the bad boys, the bad boy scouts of Silicon Valley, hella bad boys. I don't remember the name. It's on internet archive. You can ask somebody in the discord or maybe it's in there. But, um, yeah, we had this Kung Fu teacher when I was a teenager who taught a bunch of us Kung Fu who ended up being a rapist and he had raped like five or six boys before he was training us. We didn't know that though. It came out after he raped one of my friends and went to prison and then in the case, his court case, it came out that, yeah, he had already been convicted. He was a convicted pedophile, but he actually rented a room out from the Portuguese dudes, the same guys, like the the brother, the two brothers where they're jerking the dog off, whatever. That guy, um, the rapist kung fu teacher, rented a room there with other sex offenders, I learned later, because there was these weird dudes who live next door to him. Yeah, and he would invite us to his um, his little studio there. He rented his room for private stretching sessions. Mm. But yeah, I was in the same house of the dudes jerking the dogs off. And then I remember we were that the child molester kung fu dude took us to a fucking buffet um, across town. Me and another dude who were in his fucking bullshit kung fu thing. And uh, yeah, we went to some fucking buffet. And it was so weird, too. I remember in his car, he played, I think it was Whitney Houston. The whole time he played this song where it's like, and I and I will always love you. She just kept saying that over and over. And I remember thinking it was so weird, like back then, too. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't like that kind of music, but that he just kept playing it over and over. Then later I learned it's part of like grooming, you know, like programming people. So it's like he's telling us he loves us by playing that fucking song over and over twisted shit anyway but um yeah then on our way home from the buffet he got pulled over by police and we were with him and then like he came like like the police talked to him and then he came to us and he's like oh yeah they're gonna they're gonna put me in there for like a week can you go tell james that was his roommate at the portuguese guy's place whatever that yeah i got the police got me blah blah, blah something something like tell james that the police got him whatever okay and so at that point we learned after the fact yeah he had already raped six kids and he was a convicted sex offender the police didn't tell us anything right they didn't they didn't say anything to us all they did was fucking drop us off at a 7-eleven like i don't know they asked us where we lived and was like all the way across town and then they just dropped us off at a 7-eleven that was probably like 10 miles from where we lived which now you know looking back it's like what the fuck one why didn't they tell us like hey boys you shouldn't be with this man he's a convicted sex offender he's a rapist he rapes boys like you um they didn't tell us that and then yeah they just dropped us off at a 7-eleven um and then we had i like call my mom on the payphone to pick us up and then um so then i went because i was like mind controlled you know by the uh fucking rapist kung fu teacher to go to his place the portuguese place and then um tell the guy that he got arrested or whatever and i remember going there and then there was a girl there who answered the door which was one of the portuguese guy's sister and then yeah then later like that the kung fu teacher was always like grooming you to be gay to not like women or not like girls and I remember he told me, he's like, oh, that girl, she likes you. She wants you to come over, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I won't. And he was like, good. 
it's good. Yeah, girl, women, girls are bad for discipline. It's good, blah, blah, blah. And then after the fact, I'm just like, oh, yeah, he was just grooming me to get, be his fucking gay boy, whatever. Um, But yeah, so that was weirdly connected to the Portuguese guy jerking the dog off. <clears throat> so um, there's more to these stories, by the way, but I'm not going to talk fucking forever because... Uh, I got to chill out for like an hour before I go to sleep. So yeah, this has been Imagination Rabbit Podcast. This is me, Strange Toshi Naka Motherfucking Manly. Until next time, um, yeah, make some weird shit. Okay, bye. If you didn't know, yo, you must be out of your mind. If you didn't know, yo, you must be. Fuck six ways from Sunday And motherfucker, it's already Monday And you still asleep You're the definition of a sheep Puff up your wool all you want But it won't stop me Cause you're a toy I'm a grown man wolf About to bite you, boy You're the boy who cried wolf Yeah, and I'm the wolf who cried boy You're the boy who cried wolf Yeah, and I'm the wolf who cried boy